Good morning, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in today. I just want to say that I'm so thankful to be connected to a group of people like you, even if it is just virtually right now. And I don't know if you've been noticing, but uh, a lot of people are throwing around the slogan, we're all in this together. And that is true no matter what circumstances you find yourself in within this isolation. We're all experiencing the effects of not being able to connect with other human beings naturally face to face. So while we're all in this together, we're also very alone with the range of emotions that we're feeling and the many parts of yourself that you never knew were there. Now, some of you may remember one of the last messages I spoke on at church, how we were meant for relationships both vertically with God and also horizontally with each other. Now, I know that I'm usually tested on what I preach firsthand, but this has been a bit of an extreme test. The fact still holds true, though, that we're meant for a relationship together, and we are all in this together. As difficult as being apart is, let it be a reminder to you that relationships and community are to be cherished and sought after. In fact, I would wager that community will be one of the major things that people seek after once this virus is eradicated. And guess what? That just so happens to be one of the things that the church is really good at. Not because of anything that we've manufactured, but because the Holy Spirit brings us into unity. So where does that leave us right now? How can there be unity? How can there be community? How can there be even be relationship right now? Well, you know, I've been thinking about Jesus and, and how he went into the wilderness after being baptized and faced his spiritual enemy one-on-one. Jesus purposely left civilization. He purposely isolated himself from others. And it was in this wilderness that Jesus not only grew powerfully close to his father, but also stood against the devil and defeated him. Jesus was in the battle together with his father, but he was also alone. We are in this together, but also alone. We're also learning to draw closer to him because everything, everything has been stripped away from us. And we purposely entered into this wilderness of isolation for the greater good that is to come. A lot of people are giving suggestions of what you should be doing with your time right now. And if you're a parent with young children like me, you just don't have time. You just have to survive. If you're alone, you're left alone with your thoughts, good and bad. Both of these situations could be equally terrifying at times, but we are all in this together, right? So how can that be? Because we are left to face the things about ourselves that we normally would not have to face. You could lose yourself in a crowd, busy yourself with all kinds of distractions, give all your attention to work, but now, now we're faced with self-examination. We have to self-reflect, and most people have a hard time with self-reflection because we see all the imperfections and, and all the things that need to be changed. Unfortunately, you cannot add a little lipstick, a, a little foundation, or some hair product to fix your character. It requires something a lot more drastic, a lot more radical. Now, if you're a Christian and you're, you know, and you're, you're listening to this, then ask yourself this one thing. And try to be honest with yourself. When people look at you, do they see the characteristics of Christ? And if they could see it before this all started, you know, before this whole isolation thing, could they still see those characteristics now today? I can tell you personally that, that when I wake up at 6.30 a.m., you know, I do our morning routines, then homeschool my four kids, then do lunch, then dinner, then bath time, then bedtime, then work until 11 p.m., I can admit that Christ's characteristics are not always reflected in me. And maybe that's not the best thing to admit on video, but that's okay because I can rely on him to fill in the gaps, the gaps where I'm not my best self. So why is this happening right now? Why are we in this wilderness? I think God is using this time because he does not want us to live superficial, unexamined lives. He wants us to know ourselves honestly so that we can realize that we are entirely dependent on him for everything. And one of the most important life lessons for us to get right in this time is the significance we place on our desire and yearning for God. When we pursue him at our highest moments and our lowest moments, he is committed to growing us into a person who reflects his character. 
and not our own. Matthew 7, 22 through 23 says this, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. To me, this is one of the most eye-opening scriptures. The fact that there is fruit, but still no relationship. If we read through the Gospels, though, it's quite clear that the religious leaders of Jesus' day were more interested in ritual than relationship. Their spirituality had little to do with knowing God and becoming like Him. And let's face it, that tendency towards legalism and superficial religion is still today a substitute for the genuine life-giving faith that we can have today. The good news, though, is that Jesus exposed the emptiness of religious rituals, empty because they didn't reflect changed hearts and new lives. Ritual, religion, and law did not cut it. Jesus challenged the people around him by saying, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus continually set the bar higher. He also said to them, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. How is that even possible? Right now it's hard to be perfectly sane, let alone perfect as our heavenly father. But Jesus had a clear agenda for our lives. He said that you know, the agenda that he wanted for us was radical transformation, transformation towards perfection. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I've been thinking lately that the way that the world is right now, you know, does not leave any room for religious ritual, which is Good. Why? Because following ritual does not create a hunger and thirst for more. Jesus wants our lives to be characterized by a deep longing for God and His powerful, life-changing presence, which is something the Pharisees couldn't even understand. Our longing for God finds its greatest satisfaction as we pursue Him. The lifeblood of our relationship with God is communication and communion with Him, so that we know with assurance that He knows us and we know Him. If you've been a Christian long enough, you're going, to, you're going to be familiar with some of the language that is only heard in our Christian culture. And the funny thing is that most of these like Christianese words revolve around doing words. They're action-oriented. We talk about serving God, reading the Bible, praying, attending church meetings, resisting Satan, overcoming temptations, witnessing, engaging in spiritual warfare, living in obedience to our Heavenly Father, serving, reading, praying, attending, resisting, overcoming, witnessing, engaging, living, all doing words. Again, these are good things, but doing words also make it sound like a, you know, a successful Christian is dependent on our own actions, our own doing. Even as we're in this pandemic, most of the advice that we're given is action-oriented, striving, thriving, surviving, which can I say at this point in time in week six or seven of this pandemic, it's, it's getting particularly exhausting. You know, maybe we have this whole thing backwards. Maybe we're acting like our faith is regulatory, predictable, and formulaic, especially when we focus on these doing things. Let's understand that relationship is not like a spiritual recipe where we throw all these doing ingredients into a bowl, mix it up, and out comes this beautiful cookie cutter of a Christian with the same look and consistency every time. And if you really think about it, human religion is all about regulation. In fact, all major religions stress compliance and actions. And if that's what I was following right now, I'd be pretty panicked because action orientation is not going to give you peace. Thank you, Jesus, that the Christian life is not about regulation. It's not about formula or a set of ingredients or actions done in our own strength. It's 100% based on a relationship with our Father who can say to you, even right now, don't worry, my son, don't worry, my daughter, I have this under control. Rest in my presence right now. And it's in His supernatural work that authentic change is worked out in your life. Why? Because real change occurs on the inside, which is something only He can do. Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus said, Learn from me. 
That simple text suggests that Jesus was not talking about doing words, complying with a legal framework or fitting into molds. No, no, it's about bringing down God's character onto us, which grows completely out of intimacy with Him. For Jesus, the Christian life was not about rules, compliance, and and doing things that make you the best you. It was about renewal and relationship. So how can we do this? Clearly, Jesus knew we needed help. So he sent the Holy Spirit, the same power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, is at work in our lives, encouraging, supporting, and invigorating us. How important is that for you today? Paul said to the Galatians in in Galatians 3 and 10, that if we try to keep God's laws and please Him in our own efforts, we're bound to fail again and again and again. Conversely, when the Holy Spirit is at work, He transforms ordinary people into extraordinary Christians. If we live by regulation, we'll fail continually. If we live by the Spirit, we will succeed and be free. There is no better time than now to bring the Holy Spirit into our lives. We need to live by the Spirit in order to become what He wants us to be for the world and for this climate that we're in. The Holy Spirit is prompting us. We are in this together, and there is no other way. So how is God using this time for His purposes? I I believe He's using it to draw us closer to Him. In the exasperation, in the fear, in the desperation, in the loneliness, in the isolation, it's our opportunity to cry out to Him and say, Abba, Father, I need you. I'm totally convinced that genuinely seeing God in all that we think, say, and do is the key to revival and the key to our renewal. And when others see this transformation in us, when people can see the peace that we carry in the storm, it's that that's going to bring our sons and daughters, our friends, our acquaintances to the Lord. When they see Christ's real love, hear His wisdom, and His power through us, they'll know that, yes, Jesus is real. He's alive and He cares for me. And I want what they have. Nothing will bring others to Christ faster than genuine living examples of His love and peace. On the flip side, nothing will turn them away quicker than phoniness and hypocrisy, and which, let's face it, it's a common characteristic that a lot of people see in many public-facing Christians today. So this is something we have to get right. We have to get this right together. It's what we are called to do and be, and what will bring others to Christ in mass numbers. So what have these past few weeks shown you about yourself? And look, most of us can feel somewhat insecure when examining our own lives, and and I get that. You may feel like given the circumstances and, and the way that life is right now, there's no way you could reflect the goodness of God. But let me help you understand something, that as a child of God, it's God that actually develops your character. He continually molds and transforms you. He transforms your mind, and He works in your life so that you can and will live out your identity as His child. In reality, your desire for Him is actually all that matters. If you want it, He will help you do the work. In fact, He'll do all the work, as long as you choose to abandon it all to Him. So how will you know that you're reflecting your Father's character? Well, here are a few commandments that demonstrate what it should look like. And yes, these are action-oriented words too, but watch. They're impossible unless you are doing this together with God and by His side. Be holy as He is holy. Forgive as Christ forgave you. Accept others as Christ accepted you. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us. Live in light as your Father is light. Always remember the truth that you are God's child. He's lavished His great love on you. And as a good Father, God is saying to you individually, we are in this together. You are not alone. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. That's why the Holy Spirit came to transform our minds, our attitudes, and our actions. And you know, each one of us has something about our lives that we would like to change, especially now, you know, more than ever, those things have become really highlighted. 
you know, maybe you'd like to lose a few pounds. Maybe you'd like to have a different job, make more money or have a better relationship, you know, from the serious things to the superficial. No one's entirely happy with the person that they've become. But you know what? The good news is this, is that God uses this craving for change to remind us that we were created to live a different type of life. Right now, the difficulty of our lives are, are a really clear reminder that God created us for more. You and I were created to show God's character to the world in such a time as this. And remember, you are not alone. You are together with Him. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you see us right here where we are. Some of us in pain and some of us in overwhelming struggle. And even though we feel like we're in the middle of the desert, we thank you that you have not forgotten us and you never will. Forgive us for not trusting you, for doubting your goodness or believing that you're not really there. We choose to set our eyes on you and partner with you today. We choose to be together with you and receive your joy and peace and reject the lie that we're alone. Thank you that you care for us and that your love for us is so great. We confess our need for you. Fill us fresh with your spirit. Renew our hearts and minds in your truth. Give us the courage to face another day, knowing that you have gone before us and that we have nothing, absolutely nothing to fear. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great week, and we can't wait to see you soon. God bless.